Welcome to Epic, everybody. Glad that you are here with us today. If you will do me a favor, if you have a Bible with you, if you would take that Bible and open it up to Ephesians chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible and like to have a Bible with you during the service today, I encourage you to go back to the back of your seating section. And back there, there are tables filled with Bibles. So I encourage you to grab one of those. And if you ever are slightly emotional in your lives, you might want to grab some tissues while you're back there and bring them up, maybe pass them around to people around you. Uh, because of the message that we have today is going to be a little heavier in its tone. Um, this is not going to be one of those messages where we're going to all leave happy and excited that we came to church. You might leave a little lighter than when you first came in. Um, but your mood may be a little somber as you leave for today. So grab some tissues if you need those and, uh, or offer your sleeve to the person next to you who might need one. Today, we are in week two of our Heart Check series. And in this series, what we're doing is we're exploring issues of the heart. So things inside of us that prevent us from becoming more like Jesus. And the reason that we all need a heart check, the reason we need a series like this is because we all live from our hearts. We do everything in life based upon the condition of our hearts. So we love from our hearts, we work from our hearts, we shop from our hearts, we eat from our hearts, we engage recreational activities based upon the condition of our hearts. We do everything in life based upon the condition of our hearts. And last week, I made the case that we all have a heart problem. So we heard what God said in Jeremiah 17, 9. He says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So each one of us have hearts that are wicked and deceitful. God has looked within each of our hearts, and he's given us the the prognosis. It's not good for your heart. There's some bad stuff inside of all of us. None of us can fully trust our hearts because our hearts tend to lead us away from the God who loves us. We tend to say to God, you know, we're good on our own. Uh, I'll do it my way. Thanks for the help, but I got a better plan. I got a better idea. I'm going to head in this direction. So in this series, what we're doing is we're doing what King David did back in the Old Testament times of the Bible in Psalms 139 when King David said, search me, O God, and know my heart. So we as a church family are asking God to search us and know our hearts, to test us and know our anxious thoughts. We're asking God to point out anything in us that offends him and to lead us along the path of everlasting life. So that's our hope and prayer in this series. Uh, we will fling open the doors of our heart and say, God, show us. If there's anything here that needs to change, we will change it. We, and we learned last week that when we come to God and ask things like that, when we say, God, search my heart, he does. He searches our hearts. And not only does he do that, but when we ask him, he also gives us a brand new heart. In Ezekiel 36, God says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out your stony, stubborn heart. I don't know if anybody else here has a problem with that, but I have a problem with my stony, stubborn heart. 
You know, it t- tends to get in the way of me becoming more like Jesus. And there are moments I just say to God, just would you please do something with this thing? I'm not sure what all you can do with this, the stony heart that I have, but would you please do something about it? And I love our great God who says, yeah, I'll take that out and I'll put back in its place a tender, responsive heart. So when we put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Bible teaches we become new people. And as new people, we get this thing called a brand new heart, a heart that is responsive to our great God. Last week in our two services, we had at least 11 people get brand new hearts. 11 people put their faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time in their lives last week. And if that is you, I say to you, congratulations. Way to go. So, so happy for you. Yeah, our whole church family says congratulations to you. You're part of the body of Christ, and you've become a new person, and what has been placed inside of you is a brand new heart. So congratulations to you. This is the coolest thing ever has happened. Like we had our own heart transplant thing going on here last week in, in the service that God performs. Only God can perform a transplant like that. Now, when we get our new hearts, it's really important for all of us to learn how to take care of those hearts. We've got to take care of the hearts that we've been given because the reality is we're not that good at it. We're not that good at taking care of the hearts that God has given us. If we're not careful, we'll allow old behaviors to creep back into our lives and damage the new hearts that God has given us. Behaviors like anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, guilt, greed, and many more things. There are so many things out there that can hurt the tender, responsive hearts that God has placed within us. And today we're going to be looking at the heart issue of unforgiveness, a huge issue that has broken many relationships between people and hurt our relationship with God. Now, to help us with this message today, I've invited a friend of mine, Chris, to come up and, and just help us out here on the stage. So if you'd welcome Chris as he comes to the stage. You will be glad I asked him instead of you once you see what he's going to be doing. So in life, our hearts get damaged by many things. Sometimes the damage that comes to our hearts is done by other people. Sometimes it's damaged by things that we do to ourselves. But regardless of how our hearts get damaged, if we don't deal with that damage the way that Jesus wants us to, We end up allowing that damage to our hearts to become excess baggage that we carry. It just becomes an extra bag that we strap on and another hurt happens and we put another bag on and it just becomes this baggage that we carry all throughout life. We actually begin collecting baggage as kids, hurtful things other kids said to us, ways that we were treated by other children that that hurt us deeply things that kind of scarred us in a moment. And, you know, maybe that was a long time ago for you, but I guarantee you there are a number of people here that can say, I remember the day, I remember the moment, I remember the situation, I remember the kids, I remember what they said. And so you kind of put that bag on and you carry that bag with you. 
into adulthood, the reality is many adult issues are simply unresolved childhood issues, things that we just brought with us into adulthood. Sometimes we get hurt by people that we love. Maybe a family member hurt you in some significant way. Maybe it was your mom or your dad said something to you that just hurt deeply. Maybe you feel like you can never live up to their expectations. Or maybe even their absence in your life is baggage that you carry. You know, you look around and go, he wasn't here or she wasn't there for me. And that's an extra thing that you carry in your world. Maybe as an adult, maybe you have children who don't want much to do with you. And that's an extra bag that causes your heart to just ache. You ache for a right relationship with your kids. Maybe your husband or your wife has hurt you in a way that you never thought was possible. Sometimes we get hurt by people who do just horrible things to us. You know, maybe you've experienced emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, stuff that never should have happened, just never should have happened, and yet it did. It happened. And so you put a bag on, and you carry that baggage in your life. How you doing over there, Chris? Chris? That's kind of how most of us do life. You know, a lot of us do life just like this. We, we put on, you know, a, a bag of hurt here, a bag of hurt there, another bag, and we just add to the bags, and then we try to navigate through life and figure out how we're going to move forward. And, you know, it's really hard for us to become like Jesus with this kind of stuff. I mean, just imagine conceptually you walking around trying to do life like this every day. Imagine trying to get to work, get in your car, you know, just live life and do everything that there is to do when you're carrying that. And a lot of us do that every day. We just carry this baggage everywhere and, you know, it bumps into everything else and we try to adjust it. And you'll watch Chris probably during the service adjust a few of these things to maneuver the weight around a little bit because it's heavy. And so we try to put a little bit back here and a little bit over there and, you know, adjust the strap around our neck, but we just keep carrying it. We just keep moving forward with it. None of us really want to. We don't want to carry this stuff, but we're not sure what to do with it. And so we just keep it with us. So our great God comes along and he says, listen, I understand you don't know how to deal with this stuff. You don't know what to do. So let me teach you. Let me show you how to do life with a brand new heart and how to take really good care of that heart. So let's look at Ephesians chapter four. Again, in our paperback Bibles, it's found on page 897. 897. Ephesians chapter four, we're gonna start in verse 31. So God says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, so instead of all that stuff, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So God tells us if you want to be free of all this baggage, if you want to uh, live a life free of some of the hurts that you carry around, if you want to take really good care of your heart, the way you start doing that is you need to be kind and tenderhearted to other people. 
Now, when I hear that, my response is, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I kind of get that. I'm not always, I know this is going to surprise all of you. I'm not always that kind. I know it's a big shock. I'm not always that tenderhearted. And I was reminded of that yesterday when one of my kids was yelling at another kid and I chose to yell at that kid so they wouldn't yell at the other kid. And I got angry. And it came out very intensely. And I let my child know what you're doing is wrong and I just kind of like breathed fire all over this child of mine. And then my wife says, that's not all that kind or tenderhearted, is it? Do you ever listen to the stuff you talk about on Sundays? I hate it when she does that. It's like, okay, you're right. And so I go up to my daughter and say, listen, dad blew it. I'm so sorry. Never should have said that. Never should have interacted with you that way. So when I hear God say, be kind and tenderhearted, I go, get it. That's good. I need to work on that. And then God takes his gloves off. And I don't know about how you feel, but I feel like God just like sucker punches me when he says, I want you to follow that up and forgive. I want you to forgive someone who's hurt you. My response typically is, yeah, but God, you don't really know my situation. You don't know my story. You don't know the pain that that I carry around. God, I don't know if you fully realize how bad they hurt me. I don't know if you fully get that. I don't know if you fully realize I don't carry this baggage around because I want to. I get up every morning and put this garbage on because I have to. I don't know how you feel about that when God says, I want you to forgive. And God says back to all of us, I know what happened to you. I saw it. I know the pain that you experience. But I want you to know you don't have to be defined by that event. Your life does not have to be defined by an event that you then carry baggage around for the rest of your life. You can be free of that. You can be free of that baggage. You don't have to carry that unforgiveness anymore. The way to be free is to forgive. And I know that's a whole lot easier when we're talking about somebody else doing it. When it's our situation, it's really painful and difficult for us to conjure up even the words forgiveness, but forgiveness is the pathway to freedom. Freedom from the baggage that we carry. Sometimes we argue back with God and say, God, I'm just gonna hold on to this because almost it's my right. You know, they hurt me, and so I'm going to hold on to this as a way to hurt them back. And God says, you're not hurting them. You're just hurting yourself. When you hold on to unforgiveness, it keeps you from becoming more like Jesus. It actually damages the heart that I've placed inside of you. And I want you to take really good care of that heart. And when you try to do life like this, you're not taking care of the heart that I've placed inside of you. And when it comes to forgiveness, we get things all confused and mixed up. We confuse forgiveness and trust. Sometimes we think, if I forgive them, then I have to trust them again. 
That's not always the case. If someone's hurt you deeply, you can forgive them and still not trust them. For example, someone who's been physically abused in their lives, they can forgive their abuser and still not trust their abuser. God would never want you to put yourself back in a position where you can be abused again by that person. God wants you to forgive them. But your trust has been broken. And trust has to be rebuilt. And that takes some time and a, and a process and a journey. Can it be rebuilt? Absolutely it can be rebuilt. Can you trust them again one day? Absolutely you might be able to trust them again one day. But trust and forgiveness are two different things. We've got to understand what they both mean. Sometimes we worry that our forgiveness will tell the other person it was okay for them to do what they did. So if we say, you know what, I forgive you, they'll somehow interpret that was an okay behavior and it can continue. But that's not what forgiveness means. Doesn't mean that at all. What they did was wrong. And your forgiveness does not put a stamp of approval on it. Your forgiveness just sets you free from the baggage that you carry. I know that some of us think forgiveness might be possible for someone else. But again, you don't know my story. And we could have everybody come up here and share their stories and we could kind of rank all those stories and go, wow, you really have the worst forgiveness story. And yeah, you're maybe exempt from that in our own human minds. But God goes, nobody's exempt from this. Nobody's exempt. And, you know, we think, well, maybe I could forgive people for minor hurt issues. You know, that person that cut you off on uh, Palm Coast Parkway when you were late, and you're thinking, maybe I could forgive them because it might save me from a little road rage because I really want to run them off the road. That may be okay. Or maybe that person at work, you feel like, eh, maybe I should forgive them because it would maybe make me more productive at work. And then my boss would probably go, hey, good job, and you know, maybe get some kudos there. So maybe in that environment, I could, I could forgive. But how can God expect me to forgive someone who's hurt me deeply? I mean, they've hurt me deeply. And I carry around a wound in my heart. I'm not sure I'll ever forget. And God says to us, Ephesians 4.32, forgive one another just as, just as I, through Christ, have forgiven you. So God knows how difficult it is for us to forgive other people who've hurt us deeply because he has forgiven us. He's forgiven each and every one of us because each and every one of us have hurt him. Each and every one of us have been led away from him. Each and every one of us have said, God, I'll do life on my own. I don't need your help. And so we all have this tendency to walk away from God and hurt him deeply. Romans chapter five, verse eight, has this powerful verse where it says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So in the midst of our sin, the moment we're doing something wrong, the moment we're staring at God with our angry little fists, shaking at him, going, I'm just going to do it my way, not your way, the moment we deserved it the least, the moment we haven't even asked for it, we don't even want it, God says, I forgive you. I forgive you. You're forgiven. And then I'll never fully grasp this, maybe until 
we're in the presence of Jesus. But on the day that Jesus was crucified, meaning he was nailed to a cross for our sins on that very day, when men threw him down on the cross, nailed him to that cross, took spikes and nailed through his wrists into the wood for him to die a horrible death. On that day, he looks up to his heavenly father and says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And I'm thinking, if I'm laying on a cross and someone's nailing my arm to the wood, they know what they're doing. And Jesus goes, they don't get it. They don't get it. They haven't asked for forgiveness. They don't deserve forgiveness. They don't understand what they're doing. So Father, will you forgive them? Then Jesus said to his followers in John chapter eight, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And what it means to remain faithful to Jesus' teachings is to actually do what Jesus says. Verse 32, he says, and if you do that, if you remain faithful to my teachings and do what I ask you to do, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it really is possible for us to be free from the baggage we carry. It really is possible for us to lay that stuff down and not pick it up anymore. We don't have to struggle under the weight of unforgiveness. We can know the truth, and the truth can set us free. So you have been forgiven by God, and you have the power to forgive others. Will you choose it? Anyone tired for Chris yet? A little exhausted for him? Yeah, my back's kind of hurting with him standing on the stage. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I know some of you are weary. Some of you have carried heavy burdens for a long time. Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Are you tired of carrying the extra baggage of unforgiveness that you carry? Jesus offers, says, I'll take it from you. I'll take your heavy burdens. Will you take him up on that offer today? I know that it can feel like a, a thousand pounds on your chest, like I, this forgiveness thing, even if I want to, I don't know if I can get it off. But it can be as light and as simple as three little words. I forgive you. I forgive you. Forgive you for the pain that you've caused. As we close today, we're gonna listen to a new song that's out by the artist Matthew West. It's a song called Forgiveness. And during this song, I'm going to ask you to do something that's going to feel a little difficult. I'm going to ask you to envision that person that you need to forgive. I'm sure you can envision them probably pretty quickly. Someone that you need to give forgiveness to. 
They might still be in your life. They may have moved on in their lives from your life. You may you haven't seen them in years. Maybe they've passed away. Maybe they've asked for forgiveness. Or maybe they could care less whether you forgive them. Regardless of all that, during this next song, I encourage you to envision that person and then forgive them. For those who may have forgiven someone this morning, my prayer for you today is that you'll walk out a little lighter than when you came in. And this week, when you are tempted to pick up one of these bags of unforgiveness again, because that's kind of been your thing, your habit, what you've done for years, that you'll be reminded that you don't have to. You don't have to pick that thing up ever again. And I pray that you will experience what Jesus really meant when he said, come to me and I'll give you rest. I pray that you'll experience a rest and a peace that maybe you've never known possible. If you need to pray with someone this morning about a forgiveness issue in your life, I'll be up here and several other people will be up here at the end of the service. I encourage you to come up and we would love to pray with you. There may be some who are still processing what forgiveness might look like in your situation. And if that's you, I encourage you to go to our website at theepicchurch.com and look at some of the resources that we have placed there for you. We've got some Bible resources, some, some Bible passages we encourage you to read through, some books that we recommend that you spend some time reading through. Just go to our website again and look under the resources tab for today's date and you'll see a spiritual growth challenge. Forgiveness is such a big part of what it means for us to become like Jesus. We're going to see this issue resurface in the next several weeks in this series as we look at a few other heart issues that try to keep us from becoming more like Jesus. Next week, we're going to look at the heart issue of anger. Some of us just carry around some unresolved anger in our lives that's causing a lot of pain and damage to other people, and we need to deal with that. And then the following week, we're going to look at the issue of guilt. Some of us carry around guilt for things that we've done in the past, and we just don't know if we can ever be free of that baggage. I encourage you to come back or invite somebody else to come back who you know might be wrestling with those issues. I want to thank you for being here today. I'm going to wrap us up in a, in a quick word of prayer. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for being the kind of God that you are that tells us how to live with these new hearts you put in us. That you not only tell us, but you show us. You show us in very practical terms. Jesus, you modeled it for us. How to forgive someone who's hurt us deeply. Lord, I pray that we would embrace that as a lifestyle. That we would forgive people quickly and often. Lord, we don't want to live with all the baggage that we carry around. We want to be free from that so we can live the way you, Jesus, want us to live. We can respond and do whatever you ask us to do because we're not carrying around all this excess junk. So it help us to learn how to forgive. Help us to learn to live with these new hearts that are tender and responsive to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, it's a heavy topic, isn't it? It's a heavy message to carry. Um, after I give the announcements, um, if anybody wants to come down and pray, we're going to have several people over here um, that would love to pray with you.
Um, and uh, we have a baptism coming up on October 28th. And God is changing lives here at Epic. Anybody agree? God is changing lives. So if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, I encourage you to follow it up by being baptized. So if you'd like to do so, you can get online. Under the Involved tab on theepicchurch.com, you can go there and sign up. And uh, last week, we highlighted a new ministry in Palm Coast that we're, that we're uh, partnering with. It's called Lifeline Ministries. And this is a, um, a celebrate, celebrate Recovery ministry that Josh Toro is heading up. And um, if you feel like this would help you, help you, benefit you, or benefit somebody that you would know, um, that you know, um, you can get on our website, and they have a link on there to Lifeline to be able to get on there and plug in or sign up for any of their um, any of their meetings. And also, they have a shotgun golf tournament coming up. It's on November 10th, and the funds from this are going to help launch this new ministry that we have that they've partnered with seven other churches around town. So, if you golf, if you know somebody that golfs. If you don't golf and you want to help support this cause around Palm Coast, I encourage you to get on there and sign up. Uh, we do have a couple people already that are interested in doing. Um, they have two on one groups. So anybody wants to do that, you can get with me and I can connect you with the right people. I know it's hard to join four together. So if you feel isolated, please contact me. Um, and then also, God asks us to give of our time, our talents, and our resources. So if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give online at theepicchurch.com, or you can give in our giving boxes, which are behind the two middle rows in the back there. And last night, we had an event with Surge, which Surge is our middle and high school youth ministry. And we had an amazing time. There was no injuries this time. Everything went well. We played a game of manhunt. manhunt. So it was absolutely amazing. In the dark, flashlights, running around. Everything was absolutely amazing. But our next event for that is actually going to be on October, 28, October 27th. And that's our costume party. So we're going to be dressing up in costumes. We're going to be uh, playing games, giving out candy, all that good stuff. It's going to be a great time. And for anybody that doesn't know me, my name's Cody Anderson. I am uh, the lead of the Epic Surge uh, youth ministry, and my wife, which is right over here, that's Robin. <laughs> so I always say, along with my wife, so that's my wife over there. Anybody, Robin, can you raise your hand for me? She just got her hair did it yesterday, so if anybody notices that, say, that looks great. Looks great to me, not you guys, just me, that's it. Um, <laughs> but that's my wife, Robin. So if you guys have any problem getting a hold of us on Epic Surge or you're not on Facebook, get with one of us so we can make sure that you're getting all the information that you need for the students to be plugged into that ministry. And then also, we are having a Epic Kids and Surge night, which is going to be on October 26th. So if you are involved in either of these youth, uh, youth ministries, or you want to be involved in either of these youth ministries, this is a night out for you guys, a night to come and see what really gets us to be able to have our vision for our youth ministry here. So if you really want to engage in that, come check it out. It's going to be a great time. They're going to have food, and they're going to have childcare there also. And then also, if this is your first, second, or third time, or you're just checking this out, um, we have some resources for you uh, so you can really know what pushes us here at Epic, what makes us the Epic family. So if you, if you get with our Connection Center right back there in the corner, um, we have some packets for you to be able to check that out. Again, if, if you're carrying any baggage, if you want to pray with anybody up here, we're going to have several people come and join us. We'd love to do that with you. And everybody, have a great week, and God bless.